Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is Not Quite Therapy with Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. Yeah, so much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Hey, Brian, I have a proposition for you. Mm, This never ends well, but (laughs) go ahead. Do you want to start doing the show from Barbados? Um, In a hypothetical, what what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) I sent you an article yesterday. I'm playing dumb for the um, audience's sake. I know. Well, I don't know if it's for the audience's sake. Well, I'm pretty dumb in general. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to post an article in our show notes today. Yes. Apparently... Barbados is it the Barbados? Barbados. I think it's just Barbados. Barbados. It's um, like share. Yeah. She's not the share. She's just share. Share. Barbados is just Barbados. Barbados. It's not the I like Bahamas. It Barbados. Right. Yeah, the Bahamas. Bahamas describes multiple islands. Barbados is a place. I like how we're trying to be like Spanishy with it. Barbados. Barbados. <laughs> Hola, cómo estás? Me llamo Barbados. Your name is not Barbados. Doesn't matter. Um, My name in Spanish when I was a kid was uh, Pepe, because there's no uh, Spanish word for Brian. Like, John is Juan, Paul is Pablo. Uh There's no Brian, so it was freaking Pepe. So I was... Did you choose that? No, my Spanish teacher, my... My evil Spanish teacher told me oh, uh, that seems more French. Your name is Pepe. Pepe, which means no name in Spanish. I think maybe we should tell people what this article is about. Yes, Barbados. <laughs> so an article came out yesterday that said that um, the Barbados, the Barbados, Barbados, whatever <laughs> that place, they um, are offering a twelve-month work visa. And it costs $2,000 for an individual or $3,000 for a family. And you can go there and you can live for a year and you can work remotely. Apparently, it's kind of genius, really, because their tourism industry is their primary. um, And it's suffering. Yeah, and it's suffering. So they're saying, come here, like live here, work here for a year. We'll we'll let you hang out in paradise while you are stuck in the pandemic. And I think it's specifically targeted targeted at Americans. I think it is because we can't go hardly anywhere. Can I just tell you how amazing that the fall has been? I like when I when you look at somebody posted earlier a map and an article Mm -hmm. that was uh, all the places around the world that you are not allowed to go currently with an American passport. It's like you're allowed to go to a handful of islands and like Ireland Mexico. and uh, yeah. and a couple mm-hmm. other places. Yeah. Other than that, like the rest of the world wants nothing to do with us. Yeah. It, and Including like China and Russia. I know. It's and crazy. The thing is, like we're all like freedom, freedom. I want my freedom and I don't want to wear masks and I want, to, I want my freedom. But you don't have freedom when you can't go. Like we literally can't go anywhere. Our passport is worthless right now. Yeah. I, I would mean, rather be able to go somewhere. I think there's a, a massive portion of the population in 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 rural America that gives zero shits about no and they probably don't even sense. have a passport like there's somebody who is you know the 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 working middle class in Kentucky probably wouldn't even know where to go to get a passport so what do they care 
Right. I mean, I'm just threw a random state out there to no disrespect yeah, to uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So it's it's you know it's it's a shame, but it's also a shame how few people appreciate what a shame it is. I think that's true. But I would well, totally I mean, there's a lot of people who have never you know left the United States and who have no aspirations to right. do so. You know, and um, and I mean that's okay. Like I think that's part of. No, let's not go total soapbox. No, but no, no. that's part of what is kind of crappy about this country right now is that we can travel so far and be in exactly the same culture yeah. like in europe if you go two hours away you might be in a totally different history a totally different language well, a totally different culture you know i will argue that if you made the well two hours is, t- is pushing it but like regionally in the united states we have fairly significantly different cultures I think that we have southeastern United States and northeastern United States. Are we have two one places. language, though. Yes, we have different dialects, sure. and we have different, you know, colloquialisms and whatnot. Wasn't that a good word? And I said it right. Colloquial, colloquial, yeah, something that, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I see what no, you're saying. You've like, made, you've, but everywhere you go, you're going to get the same McDonald's and the same McDonald's experience, and you know, and God bless America. God bless America. I'm more yeah. concerned with the practical realities of the situation. So, say I wanted to cash it all in, and say I found a solution for my kids for the next year maybe they want to come with me it's great maybe my ex and i work it out do i pause my lease for a year does my landlord let me out do, right. do i have to pay a boatload of money to like shut down my life in the states let's um pause on for one second because i want to make a drink and yes. then we'll continue this conversation perfect is it hot in here are you parched i'm parched how about a drink how to do cocktails is brought to you by how to do life a podcast about well how to do life you can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now, or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to Do Life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. We are recording on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yes, we are. And uh, this will be released in a couple of days, but we recorded this on a Sunday. And uh, I came to the studio today by way of brunch, mm-hmm. where I enjoyed a couple of these little beverages. And now we're having a couple more. And today's cocktail is the Bloody Mary. Yeah. And you made it really pretty. I took a picture of it. You did a good job. Yay. I'm very basic with my Bloody Mary. I'm a off-the-shelf Bloody Mary guy. Some people... Uh, they kind of make their own mix with uh, mm-hmm. tomato juice and Worcestershire and yeah, Tabasco and cracked pepper and all. Mm-hmm. More power to you. I'm an off the rack kind of guy, so I like. There's a, a Bloody Mary mix called Zing Zang. It's in a green. It's got a bright green label, and um, right there on the front, you know it's good because it says it's the award winning Bloody Mary mix. And well, then as far as I'm know, concerned, it's advertising the, never it's, lies. It's the only. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloody Mary mix. Yeah, I almost matters. when you said you wanted to bring a Bloody Mary, I, and you said you were going to grab a mix, I almost was like. You know, <laughs> I like the high maintenance, but, Chrissy. But I decided I didn't. You did it. I you didn't. wanted to, though. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to our Bloody Marys. To our Bloody Marys made with mix. Mm. And a giant stock of celery that I have to move out of the way to See, that's it. the other thing. Like, what do you, what do you, there's lots of schools of thought on the what do you shove in a Bloody Mary conversation. Right. And we started to talk about that yeah. um, as we were making these up. Um, there's a place in town that puts like a stick in it and the stick has 
I think you mentioned like a piece of fried okra and a little mini cheeseburger slider Ooh, yeah. and it's olives. Like, and like, that's not a drink slices. anymore. Yeah, no, it can be a whole meal. It's like, a whole meal in a glass. I didn't eat before I came here. I figured this was lunch. There I you go. This would be fine. There you go. <laughs> I think that today's There's bloody, tomatoes, you know, right. there's, there's if wasn't celery. For, if it wasn't Good. for the vodka, it would be a health drink. Yeah, exactly. You can sell this at a smoothie bar. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's amazing. The vodka is a repeat player. Um, it's Rika. R-E-Y-K-A vodka from Iceland, and it's delicious, and I enjoy it, and it's from wonderful. Reykjavik, from obviously. Reyk- well, obviously, yeah, clearly. Obby. Which is a really cool place to go visit. I highly recommend it. They have a um, penis museum there that is pretty um, That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I, is one of the best things in, in I have no Reykjavik. Words. I yeah. don't know why you know that. Because I've been there. <laughs> you went to the penis museum? Well, I didn't actually pay the entry. I just went through the lobby with just the, you know phallic representation there's a joke there but i'm <laughs> failing to come up with it um all right so back to how we're going to get to the barbados yeah let's, let's talk logistics here what are we going to do how are we going to get our children to the barbados well i think so we can start doing a show there convincing exes that either they should go to barbados or we should just take the kids full time to barbados assuming that conversation goes however you want it to go that's not even i think the most that might be the most complicated part, but I feel it's not like the most it's 2020, part. and maybe there's a chance that my ex might just be like, take him for a year, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I. <coughs> not coronavirus. <clears throat> no. Choking. I, uh, I would like to. <laughs> choking on my own bad jokes. I would like to be able to say that uh, I would miss my kids terribly, and I'm sure I would eventually, but if my ex was like, you know what, I think I'm going to take him for a year. It's 2020, and we're in the middle of corona, and this has gone on way more. May way longer than I expected it to, so maybe I'd be okay with that if she wanted to take off. To, maybe I should just buy her. So a you're ticket giving to them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute! This is that, turned we, into an alternative. We strategy. could do that. That's a good strategy. We'll just go, and they can still go to school and yeah, live in Tallahassee, Florida. Perfect. perfect. That's good. This I love is good. It. I All love right. That. All right. Well, I'm gonna put up a link to that in case uh, <laughs> anybody has easier logistics than we do and hey, wants to uh, if, hop a flight to Barbados. Yeah, if I was a, a 25-year-old in a, in a little condo I could sublet to oh someone God, else right? and transfer the utilities or just turn them off and pe- put my life into a storage unit for mm-hmm. an indeterminate period of time, be tempting. Yeah. I feel like my place is uh, very like rentable. I could like it's just basically three master suites so I could rent it to some like college kids, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, could, could, they could just charge rent on a per bedroom basis yeah and i would it would be furnished like everything is just there you know that's what you do if you don't care about your furniture and you don't want to get it back in one piece like they wouldn't be getting much i literally own five coffee cups (laughs) (laughs) i'm not concerned about the coffee cups the beds and the dressers and the couches yeah i guess that's true we're really straying from the topic as we usually do (laughs) as we usually do working in barbados for a year wouldn't be bad wouldn't be bad at all wouldn't be bad get down with that i can figure it out all right Let's, let's work on that before Perfect. next episode, Barbados. Perfect. <laughs> or at least, I don't know, Steenhatchy or someplace. All right. <laughs> yes. We want to go off-site for... Maybe, <laughs> right. Okay, so this is episode 10. Right. We have two more before our season ends. Which is amazing. Yeah, and then we're going to be off for like, what, seven weeks? Sounds right. Yeah, we come back in October. I'll take your word for it. And... um. Leave, yeah, got to leave the audience wanting more. Of course, yeah, yeah. they're, they're going to miss us, but Heather's coming on with a new show. Heather's going to do a new show called Heather Solves Everything, and um, that show will start in a couple weeks, so they will have that during our break, and then we will come back for October, November, December with 
divorce, dating, and parenting, and the holidays. Perfect. It'll be lovely. Yeah. It's going to be terrific. Terrific. Um, let's get into foreplay. Okay, cool. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? Want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like, first base? Second base? Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. All right, Brian, so today I uh, had us do another quiz. Yay. Yay. And it's a quiz that we've both done before. Um, and for that reason, I was like, oh, pfft, got it. This one's, I know the answer already. I'll just have to screenshot the little thing and I'll be fine. You know what? Same, because I've done this before too. Um, I was wrong. Yeah, same. I also was wrong. I thought that I knew what was up. So today we're going to talk about the the five love languages and the quiz that goes with that. And there are books that people can read. Um, I have not read the books. Have you read the books? I have. There's a um, so when I was a newly married individual, twenty. It wasn't twenty years ago. It was however long ago it was. I, I suck at time. Um, we did. We studied this book and watched a series of videos by the author uh, as a group study with a bunch of other young couples and so we all took the quiz and we all compared our results and we discussed it and we learned about why it's important and all those things and um so it was i'm familiar with the material and i have read the book it's good the book is the book is worth the investment in your time i think that um i mean i can't speak to how much hard science there is behind what's happening here but i do think it's it's an interesting way to look at ourselves and to look at you know what our priorities are in right. relationships and in what we want from other people. And I think it's a neat way to know someone else better and how to better support them. Can, I sort, I, of, can I sort of describe it for, if anybody here has never heard of it before? Yeah, go ahead. So the five love languages, there are uh, five of them, and I'm pulling up the list right now. But they are physical touch, uh, words of affirmation, uh, receiving gifts, acts of service and quality time and so the quiz there's multiple versions of the quiz too so if you go to the five love languages website you can take it as a single person you can take it as a Mm -hmm. as a part of a monogamous relationship you can there's even a link you told me i haven't seen this yet but there's a link to a version of the quiz you can send to your kids and have them take and that's Which the part that I wanted to talk about because that was new since the last time that I've logged on and yeah, seen same. it. You know, I haven't like, seen that. I didn't know that there was a like a single and a couples even. I thought that it was just this is what it is. And then right. there, there is a kids version. Um, here, let me pull this up here. There's couples quiz, there's teens quiz, there's children's hmm. quiz, and there's singles quiz. And I did have my children take it, which was neat. And uh, oh, I, should, I should do that. Yeah. Um, be good. It was really neat, and we got to talk about it a little bit, and it was fun for me to watch what their answers were because I stood over their shoulder while they took the quiz, you know. So um, helicopter. No, I just I said, "Hey, come take this on my computer," and they were standing there. Right, right. I was surprised by how quickly they went through it. They were very decisive. Like, yeah. As I take it, I sit and I'm like, "Well, which one do I really like?" And I kind of, you know, like, and you know, which one? And they were just like, psh, they knew what they wanted. And what was really cute in the children's quiz, one of the, one of the questions what so what they do with this quiz is it's do you like this or this better right which is which is these is it's 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 like it's like a fill in the blank it's like it's more meaningful to me when and then it gives you right. two things and it says like Great. it's more meaningful to me when someone hugs me or someone says nice things to me and you click one or the other a or b and that's how it goes by it only takes about five minutes super quick super easy um but one of the questions on the children's quiz was um 
something about I like it when someone scratches my back and both of my children turned to me at that one and were like give me some scratches because they're both very physical affection kids and I had to scratch their backs like while they did it it was really cute so yeah um let's talk about our results a little bit um let's talk about like you mentioned that yours weren't what you thought they were going to be so so tell us about it we'll call it 20 years ago but I, I know it wasn't 20 years ago call it 18 years ago 19 years ago something in that ballpark um i was uh i was a physical touch mm-hmm. not like off the charts but that was the predominant one was more than like i think i want to say it was like more than 50 percent of my score was on the physical touch side of things and then uh and after that were like words of affirmation and um i think um quality time or something like that and uh since then I think that, you know, physical touch is obviously very important to me still, but it is now the third in line behind uh, words of affirmation at 33% and quality time at 27%. I um, have definitely always kind of felt like... Um, and physical touch is 23%. So I'm, I've got three... I've always had a real solid top three like mm-hmm. that, that are like... And then the other two, the um, acts of service... And the what's the other one? Um, gifts. Gifts. Yeah, those are like always way bottom for yeah. me. Like they're, they're just not very for high me. for me. Access service for me was thirteen percent, and gifts was three. Three. Hold on, yeah. I'm gonna pull mine up. I gotta find it here. I also um, pulled my kids and took pictures of those. Mine came up to be quality time uh, at thirty three percent. Then physical touch was thirty percent. So physical touch was still a very very close second, but. Um, Quality time was a new top for me, for sure. And then um, I had words of affirmation at 17% and acts of service at 17%. So that had come up a little. And I actually started to tell you that, you know, I I was with someone for a while that was a real, like, acts of service kind of person. And it kind of changed how I see that category because I always saw that category as... Yeah, we both have to contribute in a household just to make things go. Like, it's not exciting to me or, like, it's not... um, I don't view it as loving that you do the things that just need done to make a house work. Yeah. But I was with someone who kind of went above and beyond those things to um, make me feel special through the things that he did for me. So I think that's probably what brought that category up a little bit for me. And then um, the gifts was only at 3% for me. That was very low. Last last thing on the on the love languages before you before we move on, and I think we should move on. But um, one of the lessons I remember from the study we did all those years ago was that you are naturally. I think you might have alluded to this. Uh, yeah. You're naturally going to speak the language that is highest on your radar. So if I am if I'm a strong gift receiver. I'm going to naturally speak that language to other people more easily. And if the person mm-hmm. I'm with is a words of affirmation, high end, and I'm not speaking that love language to them, then we're going to miss each other. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of marriages go wrong, right. like mine possibly included. And um, if you're aware of it and, and you make it a priority to to intentionally speak a language that's not native to you or right. not, not mm-hmm. your first inclination, like if I'm driving home from work and... And my significant other is a, um, a, a, a words of affirmation person, um, and I stop and get them flowers. You know, sure, flowers are nice, mm-hmm. but if I had gotten her a blank card and right. wrote a mm-hmm. just a two sentence note about how much I appreciate everything she does, then that's something that she can she can go back and write, and that'll mm-hmm. resonate with her more. So. 
you, it's not just about learning what you need. It's about educating yourself on how to give what other people need. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if relationships where people, you know, kind of crave the same things are easier relationships. Like I used to be in a relationship with a guy who we both took this and we were both at that time physical affection people. Right. And, you know, so it was very easy for us to relate because we both really craved, you know, um, you know, that arm around you in public or that sure. hand on your knee, or, you sure. know, those kind of things. And so I think that that made our relationship a little easier in some respects. I do think, I mean, I told you, and this is total speculation, but sometimes I think that what comes up as, you know, the, the love language that you, you know, kind of, I guess, quote, are seeking is the one that maybe you're not getting the most of at that time or the like if somebody if, if you're an acts of service person and right. someone is constantly giving you appropriate acts of service and that's a really good part of your relationship then maybe it's going to come up and say like you're you're quote satisfied in that part of it so mm-hmm. maybe what you're craving is more that they you know put their hand on your knee in yeah, public that's, that's possible. so you you know it'd be interesting to track that in some sort of a scientific fashion mm-hmm. with a couple over a period of, you know, weeks accompanied with like, you know, we'll interview the husband and we'll interview the wife and then we'll give them the quiz and ask them, you know, I mean, right. like mm-hmm. you'd have to some, do some sort of real um, science on it. Well, we're, we're becoming scientific researchers on this show. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to change our... the title to pretty much therapy. <laughs> it's of, more or less, yeah, more, more or, or less, less therapy. There you go. Maybe next season we'll, we'll change. The I always need more. <laughs> See you Tuesday, Doc. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do the down and dirty. Sure. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run. All right, today in the down and dirty, we are leaving dating in the dust. We're going to talk about single parenting. Oh, Lord. Yes. Um, when I made the notes for this show many, many months ago, and with all the coronavirus stuff, doesn't it seem like even longer ago? Like, yeah. I think it was February that we went to lunch and we decided that we were going to do this show. I convinced you to yeah. show up here and right. do this show with me. Right. I don't know how you feel about that decision. But, it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's my fine. favorite F word. <laughs> Uh, no, it's been it's it's been a good experience. Um, yeah, parenting. Go. What, what did you what did you put? So in your notes? I had put in the notes um, showing our kids what love should look like, and then um, I had written myself a note to go on my diatribe about what I wanted to show my kids. So deciding to get divorced is obviously not a overnight thing. It's not you wake right. up and you're like, guess what? This is this is it. Like there's a lot of strife that goes into that and children are a major player in that definitely. You know, how is this going to affect yes. my children and their growth and you I know. I thought you mean like a major player as in like a major component of the like a uh, a, a reason like it's their fault. <laughs> no, no, I was no, like, no, no. "Chrissy, I think we need to pause the show and talk about how it's never the kids' no, fault." No, it's not the kids' fault it's how is it going to affect right. the children how is this they're going con- to affect a, them they're a major consideration yes, yes. Uh, they are a major consideration and some people i know couples certainly who stay together because they think that that's a better example to set for their children you want to cry go this there's a blink 182 song i think it's blink 182 called stay together for the kids oh no Ugh, it will wreck you oh there's one but what's that what the heck's that guy's name um james tw Don't it's know. called because you love someone Ugh. Oh, it's a it's a divorce song. It, you want to cry? 
that one. That one. We're gonna get a playlist. Let's get a let's get a divorce cry playlist going after this. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, but for me, I you know as I thought through it and yeah, as it's I really too. sorry, as, go ahead. As I really worked through it, I started to feel like the best thing that I could do for my children was if I couldn't show them a relationship that I would like to see them in. Like I started thinking about if my daughter was in this marriage or if my son was in this marriage, would that be okay? Like would, like would, you know, fake happiness be okay? Would, would it be okay for me to see them in something that looked like this? And so I thought, what do I want to show them? You know? Yeah. And I want to show, and if I couldn't show them a healthy relationship in the marriage with their dad, then I wanted to show them the strength of character and the perseverance to admit that something maybe wasn't how it should be and right. to make a change. Yeah. You know, and that was yeah. a really big deal for me. Change is, sometimes change is, making a change is, a, is a, I think, shoot, no, most of the time, all of the time, correct me if I'm wrong, making a change for the better is, I lost the point I was going to make, but it's, it's always difficult. But it's always positive. Yeah, I mean, and it I can think be, sometimes can, you have to go through some real valleys. To, yeah, to get, and sometimes, like, I don't know. I think that during my divorce and in the probably year and a half after my divorce was probably the lowest valley in my life. You know, was probably yeah. the the toughest time to figure out like and you know you have little victories and that's what keeps you going right like that's what gets you up every day but you know some of those lows were really low and I think that in some ways my brain has forgotten some of it like when I've looked back on things that I've written or notes that I took for things that I wanted to write being a writer gives you a concrete record of things that you might otherwise have lost. And sometimes I look and I'm like, wow, who was that? And I I don't remember ever being that low or that sad or that of a mess, you know, like that big of a mess. Sure. But I certainly was, you know, and I think that you do come out on the other side eventually and you come out in a better place and in a more sure place. But yeah, it can be pretty hellish to get there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah Definitely. no doubt. No doubt. Still, we're figuring it out. Still, still, still working it on it. Yep. Yep. So, divorce was the right choice for me. It was the right choice for you. Was it the right choice for your children? To to be determined. I guess I don't. I mean, uh, so far it hasn't been a bad choice for them. Right. Um. I will let you know in 30 years when they're complaining to their therapist about <laughs> uh, about how their life was ruined when their parents got divorced. But I, I, don't, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, right. I think it was um, – I think kids are resilient and uh, kids will adapt. Sometimes to, I don't like it when we say that, though, because sometimes I feel like we just – like we hide behind that. True, true. I think that um, the a divorce is a, a – it's a destructive process. You're breaking up a house. You are separating your children from one of their parents at a time. You, there's a lot of loss. Divorce is right. loss. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I feel like the process of getting divorced w- was not positive for my kids. Right. I sat there on the couch with all three of them and their mom, and we had the conversation. We told them this was happening, and they reacted in three very different ways, ranging from anger to, to rage, rage to sadness. And 
and watching young kids who don't understand their emotions have those bad, mm-hmm. you know, negative emotions um, was really freaking hard. And yeah. like, and I, you know, I, if I can only own my part of it, I did that. You know, I, I, I'm the one that as an adult had that conversation with them and, um, you know, they weren't around for the preponderance of the marriage prior to that, right. you know, where they didn't see the evidence and we did a good enough job of of protecting them from it, you know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, they were sort of blindsided. But I think that, you know, later on down the line, a few months, I um, I asked my son, we were, I tend to try to have conversations with my kids in the car because it's one-on-one time and it's quiet and I can just kind of be looking ahead and they can kind of be to themselves and I'm not imposing myself on them. But I'll just ask them, you know, kind of awkward questions in the car and right. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and so I asked my son, he's my youngest, and I said, hey, so, buddy, what do you think of all this? You know, what's, you know, now you got two houses and two rooms and mom and dad aren't living together anymore. We're not married anymore. What do you think? And he, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to make my eight-year-old at the time seem so eloquent, but he basically was like, I think it's good. And I said, why? And he said, because, you know, I think that you're happy and mom's happy and, and um, you know, you guys don't argue anymore. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. You guys don't fight. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. My daughter told me at one point, this is probably about 18 months ago, um, I asked her, you know, kind of how do you feel about this? You know, how is it, you know, going back and forth? And, you know, I know it's different. And how do you feel? And she said, you know, Mom, I want you to be happy and I want Dad to be happy. And I like seeing that. But, yeah, it's more difficult for me. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes I don't have the pair of shoes that I need or sometimes I don't have, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, these little things. We don't have to deal with that, Brian. All of my stuff is at my house. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to take my favorite lovey and my school work and my thing. And I don't, I don't have to go back and forth. Yeah. I don't have to do that. And I've never had to do that in my life. My children are facing something that I never had to face. And I think it's fair for her to say, you know, like, I'm glad that you guys are happier, but it made my life more difficult. Yeah. I had to stop at my ex's house this morning on the way to brunch to get my younger daughter a pair of shoes because that's exactly the situation this morning. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, totally. And when I was a kid, you know, I my parents were divorced and I was a visitor in my dad's house when I was mm-hmm. there. It was like a, I don't know if it was even 25% custody, probably right. less than that. It was mm-hmm. every other weekend and Tuesday nights for dinner. So Tuesday night, I would go home with him after school because he was a teacher and and we would hang out and have dinner and I'd be home by nine and in bed and go to school the next day. And then, um, and then, you know, every other weekend I'd pack for two days, and, you know, throw some stuff in a bag. I, I don't remember packing. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like I don't remember. I know I didn't have stuff at my dad's house because the room, Brian's room, quote unquote, was a guest room. I bet your mom did it for you. P- probably. I mean, I would, I would love to know that honestly. Like I just, I don't remember it's not that I don't remember packing specifically. I don't remember lugging things back and forth. Like I don't, but yeah. but if I did, it would have been like a backpack full of clothes. So I yeah. would need a, some remembrance of of how the heck that happened. My kids often ride their bikes between our houses because so we're you're really super close. close. Yeah, so yeah, we're super close, and um, it's been like pretty much since coronavirus has started, they have not been driven in our cars to one another's yeah. houses. They, you know, like. Sometimes they you like to bitch. You know, it's hot out, dude. You know, like, <laughs> but um, they hop on their bikes. They have a little over-the-shoulder bag. So this morning, my kids left for their dads, and they had – my son had his computer. My daughter had her cell phone and her little lovey. 
they took their chargers, which they have chargers at both houses, but whatever reason they wanted them, and um, <laughs> they they took a frisbee that we got um, on vacation because they wanted to throw it with Dad's dog. You know, like, and they had a little over the shoulder bag, and they hopped on their bikes, and away they went. Yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be if for like I do most of the dropping off and picking up mm-hmm. just because it works out that way. So like I show up to mom's house and the kids jump in the car or I walk inside and help them get their stuff and all that. But it would be a different experience if I had to watch them like right away on bicycles. That yeah. would, oh shit, that would mess me up. You know, they like it. Like, it, I bet they, they do. Like, they little, like the independence of yeah. it, you know. Your kids um, have always been independent though. Like they walk, you know, two blocks to get you a cup of coffee one day. Like They did do that. Yeah. yeah so like, that's, really that's cool. Like that. That's a cool yeah. kid. Um, so what positive lessons do you think that your kids have learned, you know, throughout this process? I think, um, me personally, I feel like my kids, maybe with the exception of my teenager, are too young for me to articulate or for them to articulate anything they've learned because mm-hmm. it's still sort of happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that, though, that they would learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I hope that at some point I can communicate all of my mistakes to my kids, particularly my son. So from a man's perspective, in any future relationship he might be in, that uh, he doesn't repeat my mistakes, that he would learn from my errors. And I feel like I want my girls to learn. See, this is a hard one to answer, man, without being super critical of my ex, and I don't want to do that. Right. So I can just sort of pineapple it. But I, I hope that they learn from a negative example as much as they do from the change that came after. Yeah, I think, I hope that what I'm showing my kids as a positive lesson is what love should look like and yeah. what, and what loving yourself should look like and what a healthy, positive relationship should right. look like. You know, right. Like their dad is with someone new. He started dating her um, very early in our splitting up process and um, she has lived with him for probably a year, little maybe a little over a year now. Sure. And they have a lot in common. I mean, it's not a perfect relationship from what I can see, but it's not a bad relationship. And I think that they see their dad being happy. And I think that she seems to be, I don't really know her, but she seems to be a fairly positive influence and, you know, not harming them in any way you know what i mean um she seems friendly and nice and they seem to care about her and she seems to care about them and i think that's nice and i think that they definitely see me happier i i hope that they also see that you can be happy by yourself like that you can be you know like it's okay to be single you know and that you don't have to be like my children definitely have a very traditional view of what a relationship should look like you should be married you should you know this is what it should be you know and i think i hope that they're seeing that other things can be okay too yeah you know and not that that's not a nice thing or a thing to even strive for or to want to do but it's not necessary to be happy sure you know yeah i think that's that's, fair you know i think that um what you said about them observing a healthy relationship that would be a long-term goal yeah of mine mm-hmm. um and even if if they meet people or a person that i date and don't marry um i hope that the time with that time with that person is is beneficial in some way yeah and i hope to eventually get to a place where i i am married again because i feel like i like i said it before i'm sort of a partner person mm-hmm. i want to be in a partnership with someone and um my heart tends to race ahead a little bit. And so I kind of convince myself that maybe this is the thing when it, maybe it's not, but I would hope to eventually be in a situation like my dad found himself 
where he was with someone that loved him so well that um, that I was compelled to speak at her funeral when she died. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I, I talked about that last time. But um, you know, there's there's hope in that. Yeah, and I see my my parents both ultimately ending up in positive relationships that were good for them uh, as a result of the bravery that it took to get divorced. Right. When getting divorced isn't popular. Right. And that's I mean that for me. You know, we live in the in the the Bible Belt of the South, and I'm a you know a church going kind of person. Um, uh, but uh, but you know, divorce seems to be culturally, um, and you know, biblically, I think a lot of times sort of frowned upon, if not actively discouraged and and shunned, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. But um, but doing it anyway in the face of that sort of opposition culturally is challenging yeah i'm gonna go for a downer here what negatives do you think have impacted your kids since your divorce what are some downsides to all this um in a worst case scenario they could have viewed their mom and dad as quitters because we we quit being married we quit trying we didn't work on it after up to a certain point past a certain point um i think that uh I have, I don't know, um, sometimes I probably haven't been as understanding with the daughter in the shoes because mm-hmm. I should realize that she's got one set of stuff and two houses and if something ends up in point A and point B, then that's that's just life and I need to be more understanding of those kinds of situations. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's a pain in the ass, but sometimes I like to think of it as a bigger pain in the ass for my kids than for me. Right, you know? and 100%. Because yeah. she doesn't want to come downstairs and tell me she doesn't have shoes. Right. But she literally didn't have any shoes. Like She had a pair of ridiculous Crocs that were not appropriate for <laughs> brunch. But um, so I, I was like, I was exasperated at first because it wasn't part of my plan. Right. And, um, you know, I feel like the question is really not even so much about divorce. It's like, what did divorce bring to the forefront? Because I feel like the kids are learning from your bad example as much as they are from your good example. And your bad example was always your bad example, divorced or married. Maybe when you were married, you had someone else there to buffer it or to exacerbate it or whatever the case is. But, um, yeah, you know, maybe my temper is a little bit tough tough sometimes or or I don't know. I feel like for me it's probably the biggest negative that I sense for them, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but is the inconsistency between households. Yeah. I think that they sometimes, you know, they'll call me and be like, you know, like my daughter will say that my son acts a certain way at dad's house, you know, and, and that, you know, like I think that we don't parent super the same, you yeah. know, and I think trying to give them a level of consistency and like work with their school for a level of consistency or, you know, like, like I, I think that sometimes it might be jarring and and I don't know because I'm not the one going back and forth, but I think sometimes, you know, like they get into a flow at this house and this is how things operate here. And then they have to to move and they move, you know, and from my house, my house is just me right now and them. And then they go to this house where, there's a girlfriend and there's her son and there's mm. pets and there's, you know, like there's just a, a bigger space and a bigger level of chaos to go with that space, sure. you know, and I think that it's probably difficult. Do, I think that's a negative for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
We were talking about like when you bring somebody else into your life and that, you know, even if they're a short term thing that you hope that it teaches your kids something. And it made me think like I dated a guy for not very long that my kids were sad when I broke up with him. I wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. this was a good choice. Um, but they liked him he, and he was a good buddy to them. He was super, super nice to them. Sure. You know, um, I, it was definitely a poor match for me, but he was a really, you know, cool fun, person. Fun yeah, guy. Just a fun guy. Yeah. And he taught my son how to ride a bike. Oh, you funny. Know? And I feel like this guy came into my life just for this little moment, for this little window, you know, that was beneficial to sure. my kids at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And, and, that that's an okay thing, you yeah. know, for somebody to come in and make a positive impact. And then, you know, for that not to be like some people, like I, I have a friend who likes to say that, you know, friendships are, you know, sometimes seasonal, like some, some come into our life and they're meant to be there forever. And some people come in at this right moment for this, you know, for whatever this reason is. Yeah. And, you know, and we like lament that it ends or we're, you know, sad that, you know, it comes to a close, but it was there for a season, yeah. you know, and not for forever. And I, that's an okay thing. I feel like you and I have, this is where you and I are different in in a fairly significant way as far as the, your level of, and I'm, this isn't the criticism, it's just the difference. So please don't mis- misunderstand what I'm saying. I feel like you and I have a different scale of when it's okay to introduce your kids to someone that you're seeing? I don't think that we do have as big a difference as you think. I think that I went through maybe a short window of time where that was the case. Like I said, my kids have met three people and I've been divorced for three years. Um, They met two people in fairly quick succession. One guy that I only dated for maybe six weeks or so. And I felt like that was a big mistake. Maybe it's because I'm Um, only aware of like the, 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 Um, the the context of their proximity to one another or not. Yeah. See, I didn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, like, so they dated, uh, I, I dated this guy for like maybe six weeks and they met him once or twice, you yeah. know, and it was positive. Like it was fine, you know, whatever, but it wasn't like, it was way too soon and I don't yeah. like that I did that. And, um, then the next guy that I dated was just, like, this person came into my life and was just always there. Like I yeah. couldn't get rid of him you like, know like and a fungus yeah it was bad it was bad and you know and that was the one that my kids really liked like they yeah. they thought that he was great you know whatever because he's and a because he's a fun guy he was a fun guy he was a fun guy <laughs> ah, <laughs> but um ching nice brand um but yeah so they met those two and then um and then after i broke up with that guy i didn't date anyone for five months okay. you know and then i started dating um a guy that lived in our neighborhood yeah, and they didn't, they didn't meet him as like, this is someone that I'm dating or anything. They already knew him. They already knew his children, you know, whatever. And then over time they realized that we were dating and I dated him for almost a year and a half. You know what I mean? So they, they met three people. The first two were probably not what I would like them to do, but I I definitely know that again in the future that, that, you know, that they may meet, people who i'm friends with sure. you know and who you know they know they know most of my friends sure. you know female friends you know especially but they know most of my friends but i wouldn't introduce them to someone else i'm dating like like i said i feel like those were those first two were kind of missteps perhaps yeah you know for me it's like a um the, the, obviously the relationship has to be a certain level of sort of quote-unquote seriousness before mm-hmm. you introduce them uh, and you can't really define what that is. You know, my ex-wife is like, you know, I feel like the, 
your kids shouldn't meet somebody until you're pretty sure you're going to marry them. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a romantic notion, but I'm not sure that's 100% realistic. Yeah. But I'm, I'd rather sort of air that direction than have them meet the next person I, right. you know, yeah. get set up with through a friend. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't want to. I feel like with those I don't want to first... be, like, willy-nilly or, like, you know. Right. I feel like with those first two, I kind of introduced it as like, this is a friend of mine. And I I don't like that. I don't like that I did that. Like, I thought it was going to be okay at the time, but I don't like that I did that because they're smart. They're not not stupid people. You know, like they understand that this is a different relationship than like your your girlfriend that you, you know, have been friends with for years. And, you know, this is this is someone new coming around with a different intention and a different situation, you know. So I do think that, you know, like I... In some ways, I wish that I would have done that differently. There's, there's no going back. There's not, you know what I mean. Like, but these people came in and they came in for a season. And the one guy, like I said, the the first guy, they only met him maybe like twice. They yeah. didn't form like any kind of bond. You know, like he came over. He was going to meet them. He came over and brought a bunch of candy and was going to and popcorn. Fun uncle. And, and he was going to rented the movie that my son had been wanting to see. You know, like he did a great job. He did sure. a wonderful job. And he was a great guy. And honestly, that was someone who, if I would have been in a better place, I might have right. dated him longer, you right. know, but I was I was a mess. Like I was, call, call I was just back. an absolute mess. No, 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 no. That ship has sailed. Um, I'm not a I'm not a go back person, really. Like that's not a I feel like things end for a reason. And, you know, I'm not a go back kind of person really i don't want to be a go-back person but sometimes i feel like i am a go-back person but i digress we're not talking about parenting anymore we're talking about you're, me again you're a go-back yeah. person because you get scared and you get lonely right, so you're a go-backer talk. i don't appreciate that uh, assessment go ahead what's the next I'm topic okay what's your next topic <laughs> i'm i literally um, just rolled my eyes in the studio for the first time go ahead not for the first time <laughs> Not for the first time. Whatever. It's okay. You can roll your eyes at me. You can tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. Whatever. I don't want to fight, Chrissy. I just don't want to fight. You don't want to fight? Nope. Okay. What? <laughs> All right. Let's do one more question. All right. One more question. One more question. Would it have I'm gonna been- make. I'm going to make you answer this one first. I'm sick of talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed. I don't like that. Go You're ahead. You're fussy today. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Would it have been better for your children if you had stayed married? How or how not? <laughs> Oh man! Ooh, no, man, that's... you are such a mess today. I'll answer it first because I'm okay, supposed go. to answer it first. It would not have been better. I don't have a crystal ball, and I don't know for sure, but I do feel very, very strongly that we weren't on a path that was going to lead to showing them what I would like for them to have in their own lives when they are adults. And I would rather have them see someone leave than see someone be fake. Yeah. If I can teach my kids anything, I want them to be real and authentic and not to think that like the world of Facebook and Instagram and whatnot and smiles and, you know, a a good front are what make a good life. Yeah. Um, I agree with all of that. Um, There's always a part of me that's like a, a what if sort of, you know, sort of an armchair quarterback hindsight's 2020 kind of situation. And so I, I do sometimes wonder if, uh, you know, I think my, I don't want to talk out of turn too much, but my mom has confessed in the past that she feels like, or has felt in the past, like she quit on my dad too soon and she gave up when she shouldn't have. And so her encouragement to me when I was going through what I was going through pre-divorce was don't you dare quit 
don't get out until you're absolutely sure that it can't improve. And I'm like, okay, that's sort of feels like one of those things where it's like, you know, um, you know, when you're trying to, when you're serving on a jury, like that reasonable doubt, yeah. you know, if there's reasonable doubt that this divorce is a good idea, then you shouldn't get divorced almost. I feel like that's kind of what she was saying, but then there's, then there's always room for a what if, like if course, we had been yeah. to a little bit more therapy or if I had, you know, said X, Y, or Z earlier, or if she had been, a, a, you know, if we had tried to listen to one another a little bit more at a different who knows so i can't look i can't play that game um but would my kids have been better off if we hadn't gotten divorced in the sense that i acknowledge that divorce is a destructive process i wish my kids hadn't had to gone through it right Same. Um, so i regret my divorce for the stake for the standpoint of it put my kids through a destructive process yeah and it has complicated their lives in in undeniable ways um my hope is that at the end of the day, at the end of my life, that they can look back on their time with me and say, dad did the best he could. Mm-hmm. And that uh, he ended up someplace positive. Tell me one great thing that you've gotten to do with your kids lately or something. Tell me something happy. I have a funny story about brunch today. Okay. Can you tell can you tell your story. brunch story. Okay. okay. Tell so, your brunch story. Um, my kids again are, are a middle. <laughs> we got loud. Could you hear Really it? loud. That was her trumping celery. I just tried to eat the celery. There's a so I've got a, a middle teenager, a preteen, and a, a single digit boy. And uh, the oldest was sitting next to me, and uh, the server came over at the beginning of the meal and put down two glasses of water for me and my middle teenager, and asked if if the other two should have kids cups. And I said no, they can have regular glasses. And uh, she said, would either of you like anything else to drink before I leave? I said, no, I'm going to think about it. And, uh, and my daughter said, no, I'm good with water. And so, the, you know, she brought back the kids' drinks in regular cups. The rest of the meal went on. And uh, at the end of the meal, after attending to our table several times and looking everybody dead in the face, she looks to my 14-year-old and I and said, is this going to be separate checks or together? And I thought... What the actual f is going on here? Either one of three things happens: either I look way closer to my daughter's age than I think I do, which I know isn't true because I'm covered in gray hair, uh, or my daughter looks way close enough to my age that I could be somewhat in the, an appropriate dating relationship with my teenage daughter, or she thinks I'm Jeffrey Epstein, which is just bizarre on a number of levels. So I had a chuckle at that. I looked at my 14 year old and I said, "Do you want to pay for lunch, honey?" And she said. Dad, that's not funny. And so I told the, the server, I said, I don't make my kids pay for dinner or pay for their own food. And she had a very sort of panic look in her eyes above her COVID mask and was like, Ugh. and she said, oh, she's like, yeah, my dad used to make me pay every once in a while. Ha 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 ha. And then she walked away and went, came back she with a check. Save she tried to save it. Best. But yeah. Well, I like that for ending the show today. I think that that's a go. good, that's a good Every, way to end it. It's much everybody, happier. Everybody laugh. Everybody laugh. All right, friends. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. We will still be talking about parenting, um, single parenting and co-parenting with an ex. Conflicts in parenting styles. Mm, It's going to be fun. It's going to be great stuff. Perfect. Until next time. See you guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything is fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Phew, those two are special. (laughs) 